Hi everyone, welcome to Steph's audio channel. We are very excited to share our content from Steph's events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enrami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel and we hope you enjoy the content. Hi everyone, my name is Mor Youssef, I'm from Checkout.com. I was just uh, chatting in the back end. Most people don't realize that Checkout.com is actually enabling crypto payments in a very big way. We actually helped to bridge the transition between Web 2 to Web 3, and Checkout.com actually processes payments for the exchanges and the different platforms that do about 80% of today's crypto volume. So very bullish on crypto and very bullish on this panel that we have coming up. Let me call them up one by one. First we have Riyadh from MEVP. We have Vincent from Nipsycraft. Come on, guys, more excitement here. Um, uh, Anas from ArtsDAO. And Salwa from Nupta. Thank you all for coming. Look, so well, we've got an amazing lineup, and uh, Web3 is such an interesting topic. If anyone's been following this or anyone's buying NFTs or buying crypto, crypto, you know that this industry is changing so quickly. So we've got an amazing lineup. Thank you so much, first of all, to Step for getting us these um, uh, experts who really know the space. We really want to ensure that over the next 30 minutes that everyone here has a deeper understanding of what the Web, Web3 space is and where it's going. So first of all, uh, what I'd like to do is give everyone exactly two minutes, and I'll be timing you. Tell me who you are, the company that you're working for, what is it that you're doing, and give me an example of what Web3 means to you. But two minutes only. Riyadh, let's, let's start with you. Thank you, Mo. Um, so my name is Riyadh Abu Jaudi. I'm a partner at MEVP. Uh, we're a fund based out of Dubai, but we invest across the MENA region. So we invest from Morocco to Pakistan and uh, from Turkey to Nigeria. We're focused more on, on the MENA uh, uh, region. Um, and we, uh, we've been in the market for 10 years. We invest across all sectors. And more recently, we've uh, picked up interest in Web3 and we've done two investments in the crypto space and the blockchain space. Uh, and uh, one of our themes for, uh, for investment themes is to find and invest in Web3 companies uh, in the MENA region. Uh, the opportunity for us is a global opportunity and this is the beauty of Web3. So for me, what Web3 is, uh, in a very short way, a short, very short manner, it's enabling, it's the internet of money, basically. Okay. So it's allowing people to own, uh, transact, uh, generate revenues on the internet uh, in a way which was not possible in Web2. And I don't mean it as a customer, I mean it as an owner, right? So now I can own, uh, as, a, as a content creator, I can own my, uh, my, the rights of my art online. As a, as a creator on, on, on Snapchat or TikTok, I can actually own my, uh, my, my handle, I can, I, I can generate revenues directly, and I can own uh, my stake in, in the platform. Uh, and these are two examples. Great, thank you. Um, Vincent? Hi, thank you all. Uh, I'm Vincent Gosu, founder of uh, Nistycraft. We're building the forge of uh, Web3, basically the, uh, the network where players, where players uh, uh, craft each other's uh, NFTs. Um, for me, Web3 is uh, a necessary component of the definition of Web3 is uh, true ownership, whereby 
the participants on the network or the platform they're participating. Thanks. Anas? Mo, thank you very much. Hello, everyone. How's it going? So, I, my name is Anas Burton. Uh, I run ArtsDAO. I'm also the co-founder of the Crypto Shakes podcast. I sim we simplify crypto for everyday people. ArtsDAO is a decentralized autonomous organization, which, in my view, represents the future of organizations going forward. What we do is we are a community with the largest NFT community in Dubai. We are all a bunch of punks, apes, cats, you name it. We're all of them. And we throw some of the biggest events, premium events for, these, for this community. But the, the biggest part of our offering is that we offer our members fractionalized interests into a portfolio balanced of NFT projects. Includes, you know, your classic punks, apes, but also gaming and seed level. So we're also a DAO, that is, that an investment DAO, kind of like a VC, a portfolio DAO, and a social DAO as a result. Um, Web3 to me represents a path to financial freedom. In many of you, I mean, if, if I think about one of the, the, the foundations of Web3 coming from Vitalik Buterin, um, really it comes from fighting back against centralized government, against centralization of banking, and a lot of other things which I'm happy to discuss. Things we may not discuss in this panel, but let's keep going. Salwa? So Salwa, founder yeah, no. of Nukta. Okay. Uh, Nukta Saudi's uh, first NFT marketplace, and we're literally everything that the panel said, we're validating that for the region, and we're doing it with the creatives first. And the mindset is really showing the value of how the supply side specific to the region can actually aid more value and how our culture, our history, and our people, and all the utilities need to be more regional specific as, to post, as opposed to just having the international benchmarks lead the way. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but we're really validating that for our region, and that's what we're doing. Great. Thank you. All right. I have a few questions. Uh, Vincent, let's maybe start with you. Uh, gaming is something that you mentioned. You're very passionate about it. There's quite a bit of work that you're doing. Can you tell us the role of Web3 in gaming today and where you see it going? Well, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, so Web3 today offers, uh, a, for, for someone who's been in gaming for uh, more than 12 years, it offers a paradigm shift and an opening of a new cycle of 15 to 20 years to come where we're going to learn and experiment a lot and then maybe master it at some point. And that paradigm shift, as, as I said earlier, is really uh, about the true ownership of uh, you know, the network the participants participate in. So in the case, uh, in the case of gaming, I think is the gaming is the lowest hanging fruit for anything Web3 because uh, games in particular have tons and tons of uh, virtual assets mm -hmm. inside of them. So these virtual assets in the past used to always be um, on a centralized and non-transparent ledger, basically the publishers or the developers' uh, database of items. Now that that database has been replaced by a technology called uh, blockchain. And um, uh, well, it means that players can truly own uh, the um, the items uh, they have on the game. And what is truly owned? If the game goes down, they still own it. The, yep. These items still exist on the game, on the blockchain. Now you're going to ask me, okay, but if the game goes down, what is the utility yep. of uh, such items? So we have to work towards fulfilling the uh, promise of Web3, whereby other tenants of that promise are also portability 
So these assets can be portable and used in other game universes. Um, that's why, that's like the vision we have in building a nifty craft, because we want to be a forge for multiple game universes where players come in, NFT in, NFT out, they can forge uh, each other's uh, NFTs, putting in the right ingredients uh, into the, uh, the system. Um, another uh, another uh, tenant, another you know, aspect that we have to work on in Web3 is to even put the functions of the game on the blockchain mm -hmm. in the form of a smart contract. So when you have the items on the blockchain, the, the functions on the blockchain, really the developer uh, disappears out of the equation. And when you run it with a DAO, it becomes a truly decentralized experience. So now are you going to tell me, yeah, so what's the use of this, you know, for mankind and all of that? Gaming, gaming, you know, fulfills a lot of desires. And uh, this way of gaming fulfills a segment of the player's desires. And it is really at the forefront, usually, of like adopting new technologies for very simple reasons, is that games are imagined realities. You know, there's no, like, you don't need boots on the ground or uh, regulations more often than not. So you just need to imagine something and make it happen. So it's easy to adopt uh, new technologies. And this is a very exciting technology, and I, and I mean technology for games, you know, I think a big, an important differentiator, I mean, an important um, term to remember is technology. Yeah. A lot of people in Web3, they think, uh, oh yeah, I'm like trading and buying coins and selling NFTs and I don't know what, uh, like all this business model innovation. This can come and go. Once a technology comes in, it cannot disappear. A technology stays, and it's up to humans, right, to make the most out of it. It can be good, it can be bad, but the technology is there. So that's why early on I said it's a paradigm shift because the technology can no longer go away. Yeah. Yeah. Can we simplify what uh, Vince? Yeah. 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 So, because because I, I know Vince and I know what he's building. I think uh, for for the average user, uh, a gamer, basically, you'll be able to actually own your assets, your virtual assets, so your character, your items, etc., through uh, blockchain and NFTs, and you can transfer them from a game to another, from a universe to another, and you can monetize it. And this is essentially the paradigm shift, where as a gamer, you don't have to maybe monetize indirectly. You don't have to rely on someone else to be a custodian of your items. You don't have to be locked in a universe. And with the blockchain technology and with NFTs, uh, you can do all of that now. And we're going from Thank a consumer to a creator as well. Yes, of course. I think it's really important, though, first to contextualize all this in the history. And I think for the benefit of the, of the audience here, I want to walk you guys through history a little bit. Right? Let's start with Web 1. Web 1 was static, right? You produce, you don't produce content. Yahoo produces content for you. You consume it without any kind of, you just have to take the content, right? Web 2 innovated on this in the sense that you could now participate in the creation of content. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you were able to be to participate in producing part of that content, which allowed for the creation of communities, right? Niche communities for niche interests. Think Reddit, think, you know, photography, travel photography on Instagram, etc. But what was the key problem here, though? You could not be an owner of the assets of that community. If you guys are on Instagram getting likes for whatever you're posting, 
Are you getting any other value beyond those likes? Absolutely not, right? All you're getting is, well, the value is really going to the gatekeeper here because it's centralized. Instagram, i.e. Facebook, holds your data and they hold all sort of the financial benefits of your data. Web3 looks to try to change that, right? Throughout Web1 and Web2, if you think of yourself as a balance sheet, you were just investing in liabilities, right? You were just, if you buy a game in this old world, it's gone, right? You put the money in, it's gone. You, 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 you invest in a photography collection on Instagram, there's nothing, it's, it's a liability. What Web3 seeks to do through tokenization on the blockchain is change that liability into an asset, right? Because now, within a community, you're able to own the assets of that community. You're able to monetize it. OpenSea looks rare, these different uh, NFT platforms, cryptocurrencies as well. They allow for a marketplace for assets that you guys all create. So what's happening now is the change from customers to community members. And I think that's great context for this discussion. Yeah, thanks, Anasan. There is now a value to that asset. Prior to Web3, no one knew what their work was worth. At least now there's a price tag on it. There's more validation. There's a long-term sustainability. I feel like that's a key player as well in the Web3, especially in forms of creatives. They never knew what they were worth. Uh, galleries put these price tags on them, and they barely got anything out of it. At least with Web3, they have that um, leeway, and they have that ownership, and they have that uh, passage to make that decision themselves as well. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you another question. Since we've completely uh, gone off uh, plan now, but, but that's what all happens in, in the Web3 world. So we've talked about uh, how digital assets have come about. You've talked about how you can use them in games. And you talked about actually um, uh, trading and owning the assets. So, uh, so talk to us a little bit about, uh, about your platform and how it allows uh, customers in the MENA region to actually uh, trade these assets, own these assets. And how is it that you're really differentiating from the other global uh, platforms out there? So needless to say, like when you think of the NFT scene, like two main pillars of that. So as a marketplace, you have your buyers and your creatives, right? And with the buyers, they're coming to invest. And yes, it's an investment opportunity. And feel free to jump in wherever you want and like validate. I think, I think <laughs> we're assuming some knowledge here. Yeah. Does anyone here know what an NFT is? Maybe some of you Hands do. up. Most of you probably have heard of it. I think most people know. Most Does anybody here know. have some dollar bills with them? Do you have a $100 bill? Or Don't carry any cash. cash? Anybody got any cash? Okay. Look at it this way. When I got, imagine I got $100 bills here and $100 bills here, okay? If I swap $200 bills together, what happens? It's equal, right? Because if I go to a shop and I give $100, they will accept that. That's called fungibility, exchangeability. Coins like Bitcoin, Ethereum cash are fungible with one another, which means that they're capable of being a currency. Now, non-fungibility is a unique asset, which is not capable of being exchanged for another equal. So a Picasso painting, is that fungible? Can you take your Picasso painting and go to a shop and exchange it for loads of coffees? Doesn't make sense, no. right? Because that's, that's non-fungible. So non-fungible tokens merely gives value to assets that are unique, right? Right. 
Over to you. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, so validating on that or elaborating on that, what we're doing today with the creative scene is literally creating a space or an infrastructure for these creatives. And like most NFT marketplaces, they're looking at it more as an investment opportunity. These are blockchain fanatics. And for Nukta, it's slightly different because we're creatives ourselves. And we realize the anxieties that creatives in the region feel where the government is financing billions from the top. And then towards the end of the funnel, there's just very... Sorry if anyone is a gallery owner, but pretentious galleries at the end, which not, would don't really allow for that validation. So we're creating that infrastructure in the middle where creatives are putting up their work and then getting their choice of buyers to validate and invest and return. And then the most important aspect of blockchain is where now these assets are actually being owned by their individuals as opposed to a piece of paper that could get burnt at any moment of time. So what we're doing is in the region where our, our goal is, or we have a, we have a campaign coming up, which is NFTs Lilwalda, which is NFTs for your mom. So the goal is you should be able to literally invest in an NFT through your credit card, which we'll do with partners like yourself and numerous people in the region who are doing it. But it's on us to make that user journey seamless for the region and literally walk them through platforms such as Discord, which most of our region doesn't know. Like, it's still very fresh. We're literally taking them by the hand through the platforms, through the mechanisms, and migrating this user base who is currently on Web2 and taking them by the hand to Web3 specifically for the region. That's what we're doing. Great. Thank you. All right, let's go a bit deeper. Uh, Riyadh, we talked about uh, money uh, quite a bit. We've got examples of gaming, um, uh, exchanges, platforms. What is it that you guys are specifically uh, looking at? I think you mentioned you invested in uh, two different uh, crypto companies or uh, Web3 companies. Uh, can you give us a bit more context? Yeah, so, so it's early days, right? Uh, obviously, as investors, we're, in, we're investing in technology uh, in Web3 as well as uh, uh, serve applications, right, on Web3. So we're not investing directly in tokens or in coins or in art or anything like that. So we're looking for enablers. So for potentially marketplaces of NFTs like Nocta and, and others are, uh, are of interest uh, for us uh, because they enable creators in the region. So enabling creators which have, uh, like Anna said, have have not have their uh, fair share of the value creation on uh, the in the digital world up to today, right? And Web3 will enable that. So enabling artists is one theme. Another one is uh, gaming uh, and applications uh, around gaming, enabling gaming and uh, gaming and Web3. So uh, NFT, NFT crafts or other forges or other models. Uh, we're looking also at Web2 to Web3 enablers, the transitions, right? We believe as investors there will be a hybrid model. We are not uh, betting on a, a decentralization as a as a as a as an end by itself but rather as as a means to get to a more equitable distribution of value between all stakeholders in any ecosystem, like users, uh, uh, content creators, uh, value creators, etc. Right. So we're looking at at web two to web three uh, transition, similar to OTO, which was offline to online. We're looking yeah. now at web two to web three uh, transition, and I think uh, Checkout.com and others who enable, for example, payments or uh, or other uh, access for users are, are interesting teams. And obviously DeFi, but DeFi is very complicated and uh, very broad. Uh, also, we need to understand how will this work with regulators here and with Sharia uh, requirements in certain markets like Saudi Arabia and others because interest and other things
things become complicated. We think that the crypto world will be uh, will open up new possibilities for Sharia uh, for Islamic basically uh, finance. However, to the way that most of the things we have seen in the West today are uh, not necessarily fr- Sharia friendly. So right. yeah, great. Uh, Anas, um, we've talked about uh, creators, uh, investors. Um, people who play games, right? There's a whole community aspect to it. And Vincent, I'm coming to you next because uh, it's, it's kind of uh, relates to the stuff that you're doing. Can you give us a view of why community is so important in the Web3 world? There's crypto Twitter. There's a bunch of different communities on WhatsApp, Discord, Telegram. Why is the community angle so important to this space? Well, let me tell you guys a little story about how I founded ArtsDAO. Um so I got two guys here with the Arsenal team. Shout out to Zion and Matthias. How's it going, guys? Um, back in last year, uh, I was I've, there's several different types of NFT platforms: OpenSea, Foundation, Looks Rare. So I, I, I'm a big I like collecting sort of NFTs, all right? And so I was on Foundation and I was buying a piece, all right? And what happened was I put I put my bid in there because on foundation, and this other guy put this bid on top of me, and I was like, "Okay, you want to play?" And so I bid on top of him. He bid on top of me. It started blowing up on Twitter. People started getting out popcorn. You know what's going on here, right? It really got escalated to like a, a price. I was like, "Okay, I can't I can't pay this price." So I was just like, "Okay, I fold." Okay, so the guy the guy wins. And I'm like, who is this guy? You know, I look him up, this guy named Raheem. He's got a bored ape. I'm like, what the heck is this? So I look him up. He is in Dubai. So I hit him up. I was like, hey, let's meet here in Dubai. Let's meet up uh, Mall of Emirates. We met in Mall of Emirates. I was like, dude, what's going on here, man? Uh, it was the first time for me that I'd met somebody in the NFT space face to face. And what I realized was it was incredible to have that experience talking about face to face. I mean, Having a discussion about art and the crypto world face-to-face was something incredible. It was just one-on-one. So we, we, we then left and said, look, can we find other people in this space? We then came back, and so we're working with Christelle Bashara, who was one of the first NFT artists out here. She's from Lebanon. So some of you may have heard of her. She's really, really quite, quite incredible. She's speaking here at STEP as well. Look out for her. But... Um, the guy there, Zion, he's called the NFT Penguin on Twitter. He reached out to Christelle. He's got a penguin, okay? To Christelle and said, hey, I heard you're in the NFT space. Let's like get a, have a get together. So nobody knows anybody here, right? We're all like avatars. And we meet up at Christelle Bashara's studio and it's like the 15 of us. We're like, whoa, 15 people in NFTs in Dubai. And then we're like, wow, this is great. And so we tried this again. Like, Wait. It was a lot of fun. We talked about what we owned, what we were buying, all that stuff. We came back for the next session. It was 30 people. Then it was 100 people. Then it was 400 people. It really blossomed. And as this happened, I saw the scale of interest. What people, why did people do this? Because the NFT space, the art you own, it brings people together in a different way. Firstly, there is, of course, a financial incentive, right? When you own an asset that's digital and it goes up in value and other people like you are also owning those assets, you have an affinity with them. Now, you might say, well, why isn't that like Facebook stock? I own Facebook stock. You own Facebook stock. We both rise. The thing is, it doesn't work that way, right? With NFTs, there's an artist who's made the work. 
There is the community building on Twitter. There are people behind it who are communicating with you directly. There are different, because the NFTs, there are, there are distinguishing characteristics. There's rarities in the collectible space. This all stimulates a lot of interest and discussion between different people, right? You're collecting different parts of communities. You're, you're owning maybe an aspect of this community and that community. It's leading to, to more linkages. So there's two parts to the community part. There is, in the old world, I think in Web 2, we talk about customers. In Web 3, we talk about communities. Why? Customers aren't shareholders, really, in your business. You're there to just derive money from them, right? Which is quite instrumental and capitalistic, which is fine, right? We live in a capitalist world. But what I love about community thinking is you are empowering your community to sort of build for you. When you win, they win. Right? What's also interesting, so I'm a big part of the CloneX community. I don't know if you've heard of CloneX. They're with Artifact. They were just bought out by, by Nike. What I love about communities, your community members will build stuff for you. So I have, I've been airdropped this sort of pod where I can display art, right? Members of the CloneX community, without any financial incentive, are designing different pieces to go in that, and they're airdropping it to members of the CloneX community. Nike isn't doing anything. Nike's just there watching this community blossom up and up and up because of the value creation being generated. Yep. That, to me, represents a huge innovation where Web3 is sort of taking us, in my view. I have so many follow-up questions, but we're almost out of time. So I'll ask each of you a question. Vincent, starting with you. Um, who do you think are the winners in the Web3 space over the next 12 months or 24 months or a couple of years, where do you think this is going? If people are looking to uh, invest or to create or start a business, where is it that they should focus on? I have no idea. Great answer. I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, activity going on. There's a clear vision. I can tell you who's going to be winning in 20 years, but in one year from now, it's really the Wild West. Slingers everywhere, you know, and the hype is attracting also some bad actors. So you have to decipher the good actors from the bad actors. Uh, it's not easy, really. It's not easy to tell. In terms of, I think, uh, just to have like a guiding principle, you know, as to if you want to put in some money in that stuff, uh, <clears throat> just look at the, the team, you know, the team, the people. Yeah. Just as usual, as anything you do when you want to invest, you look at the team. Uh, Web3 is, has a very special characteristic in terms of its uh, builders community. You have uh, like a lot of uh, excited, dogmatic goons who are just, oh, you can't even talk to them, you know, they're just like fanatic about it. And, uh, and it's just about like going to the moon and, you know, and yeah. pumping things and things like that. Uh, so this is, it's really difficult to deal with these folks. Yeah. I find it difficult to, um, on the other hand, you also have probably the smartest people out there are in web three also. So you have these two poles. It's quite easy to, to tell, you know, who you're dealing with when you want to invest in yeah. web three. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Riyadh, Sawa, just 30 seconds each. I know we're going to be pulled off the stage. What do you think are going to be the winners in this space? Just to add to that point, I think the beauty of this space is the ambiguity to it, like how everyone is a risk taker and everyone is just literally gambling and testing out how this can work best for them. And in terms of like winning, obviously, definitely gaming is doing wonders with their with their dollar values. But personally, I'm, I'm advocating for the creatives just yeah. to give them that power. Uh, but in the long run, I feel like it's inevitable that corporations will all also 
put in the Web3 space, like in terms of technology. So in the long run, with the way they function and with the, the need that they have, ideally they might be the winners or they shall be the winners. That will or ripple back down to everyone else. That's my prediction. Great. Thank you. We had 30 seconds. For me, Short run, like uh, like uh, Vince was saying, it's hard. But on the long run, it's everyone. Everyone will benefit. It will be just more equitable distribution of output versus how much input you're putting in the system. Whether it's capital, whether it's effort, whether it's creation, whether it's your your time. Right. Right now, it's a little bit more, uh, you know, concentrated in certain uh, parts in terms of value creation. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's exciting. There will be ups and downs. I'm sure the next period will have a lot of, you know, downs. In my opinion, but eventually, after the regulation and everything is kind of uh, set, we will see a lot of uh, value creation for everyone, for all the stakeholders. Great, thanks, yeah. man. And thank you to the wonderful uh, people here on the stage with me. And I hope everyone took away a little bit more information on what Web Web three is and where it's going. Thank thanks, you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.